Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the young adult ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoy this message and we look forward to seeing you soon. Fusion! Ooh, there we go. We got some energy in the building. It's good to see you guys. There we go. Man, I love y'all. For real. Is anybody having a decent week? Okay, okay. Is anybody having a good week? Is anybody having a not so good week? You know what? That's okay. Because no matter how your week is going, you are in the best place to be on a on a Tuesday night. And as I've said before, we don't have a ton of competition on Tuesday nights. So it's not too hard to be the best place to be, but it's better than being in your room at home, right? Right. And one of the reasons it's better is because we get to gather together. This isn't just about a message. It's not just about um, a worship experience with a band, but Really, the heart of what we're doing is gathering together. That's what Jesus said is most important about the church. And he said, don't forsake gathering together as some have chosen to do. So congratulations. You are not included in that group. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something to celebrate. You are not included in the group that says as some have chosen to do. Um, But what we're doing every Tuesday night is really, really important. Like really, really, really important. Because we need each other. We need people. Does anybody believe that we need people? Right? Sometimes it can feel like we don't. Sometimes it can feel like life would be a little smoother if we didn't have to deal with people. Do you guys agree? Has anybody ever felt that way? Like life would be smoother if I did not have to deal with people. If it was just me and God, and that's it. I'd be good, Adam in the garden, just him. But even God said it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. And something that shook me, not in a bad way, but in a good way, it kind of shook me up, you know, changed my perspective. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Johnson shared in one of our weekend messages, he was talking about community, and he said that God was there in the garden, and he still said that Adam was alone, which is interesting. God has designed us to be interdependent. Like, we need more than just us. We need other people. But in this time, we are seeing more surface relationships than ever before. We're busier than ever before. Does anybody feel like you don't have time sometimes to build meaningful relationships and connections. Has anybody felt that way? Yeah, like, it's real. We have a lot of stuff to do, especially here in this country. Like, America, we are, like, the country of busyness. Ever you ask anybody how they're doing, man, I've just been busy. Man, I've been busy, you know. And my favorite is how people have now changed it because we hear all these studies about how, like, there was actually a study that that is the number one answer in America when you ask somebody how they're doing busy, right? And so now people are catching on. And so they just use other synonyms to be like, oh, I'm not going to say busy, but man, life is so full right now. Life is full, bro. And I'm like, you're saying you're busy. It's the same thing. You're saying you got a lot going on. 
We all do though. Does anybody feel like they're busy? I feel like I'm pretty busy. I feel like as life goes on, I just have more and more stuff to do. Like things are not slowing down for me right now. They're just picking up. And I feel like, especially in the area of relationships, sometimes it can feel like I'm always at a deficit. Like for every person that I've had a meaningful connection with, there's five people that I didn't text back, didn't email back, didn't call back, didn't DM back. So many avenues of communication. But I'm seeing more than ever my own personal need for relationships and connection because as life is getting busier, as I'm having more things to do, I'm realizing, man, we need people. I need people. We all need people. Why do we need people? I believe that we all need people because we all need love. We all need connection. We all need encouragement. We all need motivation, inspiration. We need all of these things. Does anybody agree? Does anybody feel like you need those things? Just a few of you. Some of you haven't realized what your own personal needs are yet, but here is a great lesson for you. Some of you may have been realizing, like, you know, sitting around thinking, man, why are things not going well? Maybe because you need connection. You need people around you. You need encouragement. But in our society, we've been trained to just like compete with each other from afar too. And like compete with people who don't even know we're competing with them. Like you just want to do better than that guy that you don't even know. Like that is where our society is at right now. Everybody's just trying to one-up each other. But we as the church are not called to do that. We need healthy relationships and we are supposed to be like the different group of people. But our needs are no different. We all need connection, love, relationships, all those things. So if those things only exist in relationship, which they do, because you can't get love just by yourself, right? It only like relationship is the vehicle that love moves through. Because if love is patient, love is kind, love is not self-seeking, it's long-suffering, all those things. You can't be those things by yourself. You can't, like, I mean, you, in theory, you can be, like, kind to yourself. And I know that's, like, popular now. Like, be nice to yourself. Like, approve yourself, okay? Just be nicer to you. But we should also be that to other people. And that isn't pushed quite as much. There's a lot of self-love that's pushed right now, and it's not the worst thing in the world, but I don't think it's the best thing in the world. We need relationships. So if we all know that we need that, raise your hand if you agree we need that. All right, everybody knows we need that, so why don't we all have great relationships? That's the question, right? Okay, we need connection. We need love. We need all these things. It only exists in relationship. Okay, we all know we need it. Why don't we all have good relationships? Well, I would say because we need people and people don't always offer love, right? People don't always offer connection. People don't always offer encouragement or motivation or inspiration or all these things that we need. Has anybody realized that? Have you come across any people who don't offer those things, right? 
Well, here's the interesting thing. We are all people. Maybe that means we don't always offer love. And we don't always offer connection. And we don't always offer encouragement and motivation and inspiration. And maybe if we stopped looking at everybody else, myself included, I think this is just natural to us. We think about what we need and we're like, man, if I just had a friend who understood this and this and that, that I could talk to about this, why hasn't anybody called me? Nobody even knows I'm going through it. That's the type of stuff that we do. But man, what if each and every one of us stopped looking at everybody else and started looking at ourselves and deciding to be what we need? That is the message. This guy caught on. That is the message. Tonight's message is called, Be Who You Need. And I wanna pray before we really dive into this because this is, this is really gonna take a miracle. Like this, is, this isn't just a motivational speech that's just gonna change lives. We need God to really work on our hearts to do this. So if you'll bow your heads. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you that we get to gather in your presence. Lord, we thank you that you are here with us. Lord, and we thank you that you are love. You are love. God, I ask that your heart would be on display tonight, that you would teach us about love, about what your will is in how we love one another, in how we love you, in how we serve you, and serve one another. Lord, you are building your church. God, help us to fully participate in that. Help us to fully be a part of that, Lord. Let us be a reflection of your perfect will by us all being open to exactly what you wanna do. Have your way, speak to us in Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your Bibles or your iPhones, Notice I did not say Android. <laughs> okay, all right. See, I gotta work on this because I'm just talking about loving people and encouraging people and I messed up, so I need grace. All right, I apologize. God bless your Android phone and your unique thought process that he's designed you with to choose an Android over an iPhone Clearly, there's a calling on your life because you think differently, all right? And we need you. Even if we don't know what we need, I know that we need you. Amen? Amen. All right. So back to the Bible. Um, if Androids have a Bible app, you can turn... <laughs> you can turn to the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, if you will. Chapter 12, verse 30, 
and 31. I'm trying to take some time for the androids to catch up. I'm trying to stall. All right, I'm done, I'm done. All right, okay. <laughs> I love you guys. So, Mark 12, 30 through 31. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is as somebody's asking him what the greatest commandment is. Then he offers a second one. He says, the second is this, love your, say it with me, neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So he equates the two. And we actually hear this a lot. Is there anybody who's never heard that scripture? Raise your hand if you've never heard that. Okay, so it's not new to a lot of us, but actually doing it is new to a lot of us because it's totally counterintuitive. It is not what comes natural to us. It's not how most of us live, but this is the heart of God. For, him, for God himself to say, I want you to love me with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, and just as much as I want you to love me, like just as much, it's not lower, on the same level, I want you to love your neighbor like you love yourself. Just as important. Now, I hear a lot that first step to this, Erskine and I were talking about it recently, and we were talking about how the first step of this is to love yourself, right? Because how can you love your neighbor if you don't love yourself? I just want to interject and say, I believe that. You have to, because you're, that's the standard that you're comparing it to. However, I want to say that most of us love ourselves more than we give ourselves credit for. <laughs> I think it's true. I think that um, sometimes we may not have the healthiest mindset when it comes to ourselves, but man, I think that most of us love ourselves more than we love anybody else until God really starts working on us. Most of the time. Now, I hear a lot. People are like, man, I just spend, my, my problem is I just spend all my time helping everybody else. My problem is I just do so much for everybody else, and I don't ever think of me. Ah, I don't know if I believe that. I think that's like contrary to human nature. I think you think about you a lot. I think you wake up in the morning thinking about you and how you feel, what you're about to do, whether you got enough sleep, and if you didn't, whether you want to get more sleep regardless of what, how that's going to affect other people. I don't know if anybody else has those thoughts in the morning like, would it really hurt anybody? if I just went back to sleep? What if I just slept the whole day? A lot of times we think about ourselves first and then we consider others and it's like, ah. And if we're doing really, really well, after we think about ourselves, we think about others and we're like, you know what? I'm gonna do this 
for that person. But we think about ourselves first. But God is saying that in all things, at every occasion, he doesn't put like situations in here. Like, all right, in this situation, love your neighbor as yourself. Like when they're being nice to you, when they're helping you out, when you need something from them, when you feel like it, love your neighbor as yourself. No, he's saying, love your neighbor as yourself, period. Somebody say period. Stamped. That's it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I think that that is one of the hardest things for us to do in life. Because even with good intentions, we can make our entire lives about ourselves and make all type of excuses and justifications. I don't know if anybody has realized that. Have you realized that you can talk yourself into protecting yourself really easily and not even realize you're doing it? I'm gonna be better for other people if I protect my space right now. If I protect my heart, I'm gonna be better for other people and it's better for everybody. If I just focus on me, I just need me time. I need a season of me just pouring into me. Just like getting to know myself, like who am I? I need to know that before I can be any good for anybody else. And some of those things are true, but I think we take it a little far. And I think we make all types of excuses, even when it comes to like joining a small group. I am example number one of who not to be when it came to joining a small group when I first got to victory. Came to victory was really excited about God. I was really into the love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be about Jesus. And then when I was in one of the classes that we had here, somebody invited me to a small group. And I was like, oh, there's a lot of potential awkward outcomes involved here. Ah, I don't know if I just wanna go to somebody's house that I don't know? What if I don't really vibe with them? What if I don't like them? What if I don't like it and then I don't wanna come back and then they're inviting me and I don't really know how to say like, oh, I don't wanna come back. Or I wanna go to another one. Is this small group gonna feel some type of way? Cause I'm I, like, when we do like a small group gathering or something like, and my old, the one small group I visited that one time is over here and I'm over here like, hey. <laughs> I'm over here. They. Y'all are closer to my house, but they're, they're closer to my heart. And I just like vibe with them and they just feel like more my people. And I don't, so I'm running through all these scenarios in my head and I'm like, you know what? I'm so, I would love to come. I'm just so swamped with work right now. I'm just so busy. Um, I, I'm a, what, oh, just let me know when the next one is, right? Then it's, Oh, yeah, hey, we're going to this place. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, oh, it's what day? Oh, man. Uh, I wish I would have known yesterday because it's crazy. Like, I just, 
Like, I just made plans. And legitimately, I'm thinking of all the awkward, it's not that I did not want to connect with people, but all the potential awkward outcomes, I won't even say negative outcomes, just awkward outcomes, kept me from joining a small group. And so I didn't for like a long time. And it wasn't really great for me because after a while, kind of being isolated, not really having community, just this, you know, the first part of the commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with everything you got. And I was really excited. And then after a little while of just doing that on my own, the fire started to dwindle a little bit. And then I just started getting stagnant. And after a while, I started realizing like, wow, it's really important that I have people around who are going the same direction as me. Because if I don't, this fire that I'm trying to like protect on my own and around a bunch of people who are <laughs> trying to blow it out. We talked about that last year if y'all were here trying to blow it out, it can get blown out. But when you surround yourself with people, when you take a risk in stepping out there, you never know what might happen. And you know what I think the first step in taking a risk, the first step in making the right connections is not looking for the person who fits you perfectly, is not looking for the person who's going to be the best possible friend to you, not looking for the person who's going to meet all your needs, but deciding to be that person. Three people clap. That's okay. Because I know that it's not easy. It's not easy. Like that is, that sounds like a tall order, like a big ass. Like, okay, so you want me to not think about what I need and to be who I need, I don't know if I could do that because I still have needs. But this is God's heart. And imagine, now imagine, it just makes sense. If every single one of us did that, we'd have great relationships here. If like, it wasn't just one person saying, I'm gonna be who I need. But if each and every single one of us, like everybody raise your hand right now. Like if each and every one of us was this willing, like I'm gonna do this, we would have no problem making connections, building friendships, coming alongside each other, and being the church that God is calling us to be because it's not about just sermons and worship songs. It's not about that. You guys should legitimately be more excited about coming together with each other than anything that happens up here. And I, I know that's saying a lot, and I mean it. That's what I'd love to see happen here because that's what God really wants. He wants to build his church and his church is his body. And that means each and every member comes together and functions as one. 
not just us all having vertical relationships saying, I'm good with God. Are you good with God? Because I'm good with God and everybody else should get as good with God as I am. You know what? I have a lot to say about everybody else's relationships. You guys should do this more. And you know what I hate about church? The people. Oh my gosh, the people. If they only did this and they only did that. What if you did that? What if you did what the Bible says? Because you know what it says? He says in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, saying Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for a church and a church that loves one another, a church that functions as one out here. This is way more important. And that's my prayer. I know that it's a I know that it's a big ask because it's not happening in a lot of churches. It's not because it's easy for it to not happen like you don't have to like you can come in and it doesn't matter if we have coffee and cookies and music and all that stuff in a gathering time and these doors are closed. You can still walk in here while it's dark, while everybody's hanging out. And just be, I'm going to just do my thing in here like a lot of people do. And you want to know why I'm calling you out? Because I would be that person legitimately. No doubt about it. If I did not know anybody here, that would be my first instinct is not to step into a group of people that I don't know. But you know what? If everybody else who was here was like, I'm going to be who I would need if I was that person walking through the door and just was reaching out to show love and connect. Man, I would be connected a whole lot quicker. And maybe I wouldn't be in here sitting by myself. Amen? Man, we have to come together. We have to be the church. And it happens in instances, we have opportunities all the time. How do we do this? I want us to turn to the book of Luke to see an example of how Jesus described this should take place. How do we do this? Luke 10. 29 through 37, has anybody heard of the story of the Good Samaritan? It's funny because he told this parable right after telling this commandment because he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And like many of us would, the person listening had reservations like, ooh, that's a big ask. Who is my neighbor? Like, we see this stuff in the Bible. We don't always put ourselves in these shoes. But it's real. Like, he's looking for a way out, a loophole, like a lot of us do. Like, oh, I don't know anybody, so eh, I would serve, but this and this and this and that. So he's looking for a loophole immediately. Wow, love your neighbor as yourself. I love myself a lot. That is asking a whole lot. Who should I love like this? Who's my neighbor? Is it... Oh, is it my friends? Like, love my friends as myself? Because I already love my friends. I love people who already like me. So is that cool? Like, just us, the people who are like me, the people who get me. 
the people who understand me, the people who I just vibe with. Like, is that who my neighbor is? And so Jesus doesn't just answer the question directly. He answers it with a story. Don't you love that? So in Luke, this guy says, it says that he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, I just love this, man. He just goes into a story. Oh, who's your neighbor? A man was going down from Jerusalem. I'm about to teach you who your neighbor is, all right? A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest, it's a good guy, happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he went over, showed him, oh, it doesn't say that. It says that he passed by on the other side. Wow, that was rude. So too, a Levite, this is another very religious person, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, hold on, here's the change in the story. Jesus is talking to a group of Jewish people. So the priest who goes by is a Jew. The Levite who goes by is a Jew. So when this guy is saying, who's my neighbor? Jesus is like, I'm about to tell you who your neighbor is. But a Samaritan, a Samaritan is like the arch enemy. There were high tensions, high racial tensions, high cultural tensions. Samaritans and Jews disagreed on a whole lot on how they would worship, on whether they should get along or not, because they didn't, and they didn't even like travel into their areas. They were like, oh, that's, that's the Jewish area. We gonna stay away from there. And oh, that's Samaria. We're not even gonna go through there. And so the story about Jesus with the woman at the well was in Samaria, which was like completely countercultural. And Jesus was in hostile territory, not supposed to be encountering these people. So that's the climate here. As soon as he says a Samaritan, people are like, a Samaritan. Just thought you guys should know. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. So the Samaritan came and he saw the guy who got beat up and left for half dead. And he took pity on him, even though the guys who were just like him in his culture, same class, maybe make the same money, maybe went to the same schools, maybe live in the same neighborhood, maybe friends of the family, just passed by and didn't do anything. The Samaritan, who has no earthly connection to this man and has every reason to just walk by on the other side of the road, like, oh, that's unfortunate. But we don't. We don't connect with one another, sorry. Could have said that, says that he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. That was expensive. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, which was a form of currency, And gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So then Jesus says, 
which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. That's how you know who your neighbor is. Who do you choose to be a neighbor to? Be the change. Be the person. Stop looking for everybody else to do it, which is so easy to do because then we feel justified. Like, well, I don't need to, I don't need to do this. Nobody's doing that for me. Why am I going to make a phone call? Nobody called me. My phone's dry. No missed calls. No texts. Why should I call? I'm always the person reaching out. I'm about to stop. It's about to be me time. Me season. Me and me. It's so easy to justify. Jesus is saying, go and do likewise. How do we do that? I'd say the one thing, how we start to be who we need is value others above yourself. That's a big ask because we have a big God who has a large standard, high standard, and gives us a lot of help. Philippians 2.3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others, say, above yourselves. Now you said it, so you're accountable. You know what it says. Value others above yourselves. That's not easy. Like, that's asking a lot. That's not just value others highly. This is value others above yourselves. It's interesting because in, in that story, the, we see that it says he took pity on the man, but the, the word used there meant he was moved with compassion towards him. And he was so moved with compassion toward this man that he was willing to stop what he had going on. Who knows where this Samaritan was going? He might have had tickets to a game. Hmm? I don't know. Maybe he had been gone on a long journey. Hadn't seen his wife in a while. Was trying to get home. Who knows where he was going? What plans he had? Maybe he was hungry. Has anybody ever been hungry and then something inconvenient comes up? man, if only I were not hungry right now, I would help you. However, I personally hate to do anything but eat if I'm hungry. It is like laying my life down. Seriously. My wife and I have these conversations because she has a tendency to ask me to do things at times that I don't feel like are the most convenient, and it's an opportunity every single time <laughs> to serve, to lay my life down. Do I always get it right? No. Sometimes I'm like, I would do that, but I'm hungry. I want to eat. And she has grace. I appreciate your grace. Thank you. All I'm saying is that it's not easy to do things when they're inconvenient. 
Jesus did not say what the Samaritan had going on in his life. Maybe it was a bad day for him. Maybe he was stressed out. Maybe he had already just helped somebody else. Maybe he was low on denarii. That's real. But maybe. He said that's why he had to reimburse him, because he didn't have a lot. He was saying, I'll give you the rest. If anything else comes up, I'll give you the rest when I come back. I'm a little low. However, I value this person and what they're going through, even though I don't even know them so much that I'm willing to sacrifice. He got down, stopped his own journey. How many times could we stop what we're doing just to have a conversation to really ask somebody, man, how they're doing and not just like, oh, how you been? But not like really want them to answer. And then they feel that you don't really want them to answer. And so they're like, oh, well, I'm really going through something right now. But I'm kind of getting the vibe that you don't really want to hear that. So I'm going to just tell you I'm good. Busy. <laughs> I've been busy, bro. Busy. Woo! Life is full. I'm falling apart on the inside. And nobody cares. How often is that our experience and other people's experience? Man, how often do we have opportunities to stop what we're doing? Man, in our busy lives and all the things that we have to do, even tonight. It's like, oh man, I gotta go. I gotta be up early in the morning. I would love to have a conversation with you if it were earlier. But I got to go. I could have gotten here at 7 when I know people are hanging out, but I'm so busy. I, I only had time to get in here as the second worship song was starting when I knew nobody would try to talk to me and get in here and just go to the seat. That's all I had time for because life is full. Man. What if we started valuing others above ourselves to say, man, this could be a little inconvenient. It could be a little inconvenient to go out of my way to get to Fusion earlier just to connect with people. But man, there might be somebody there who needs to connect. There might be somebody there who God might want to use me to have a conversation with. God might want to use me, my coworker who gets on my nerves. Ooh. God might want to use me to have a conversation with him or her. And I could not do it because I'm working. I'm busy. I'm working. I'm trying to do my job. That's what I come here for is to do my job. I don't get paid to talk to you. I get paid to do my job. So I come in, I get on my computer, scroll on my phone, look on IG, on the TikTok. When I could, be like, you know what? This would be a little inconvenient. Hey, how are you doing? How you been? What you been up to? 
Do you do anything on Tuesdays? Tuesday nights? I'm not inviting them to my place, to my sacred place, to the place where I go to get fed and filled. I don't want to bring the annoying there. That's my place. My place of peace. Hey, um, do you want to come to Fusion on Tuesday? Oh, you don't have a ride? Yeah, I, I, I could go into that whole part of that conversation, but they would just take up more time than we need. You, you, get, where, you get where I'm going. All right, you would explain to them what Fusion is. I get it. All right. They may not know what fusion is when you just say fusion, even though they might be on IG and they might have come across us and they might have been like, hey, I've been thinking about going to that place, but nobody's invited me and I don't want to go on my own. <gasps> you would go with me? Oh, but I don't have a ride. I could pick you up. <laughs> I could get off my donkey and come over and help you out and bandage you up. But seriously, like if we valued the people around us more than we just valued ourselves, we could really make a difference and truly represent the heart of God and truly show people who God really is and not just think that we're being a light because we believe in Jesus. Simply believing in Jesus does not make you a light. Living like Jesus makes you a light. That's the difference. Nobody cares that you believe in Jesus. Newsflash, nobody cares. When you live different, when you live like Jesus, that's what makes the difference. People didn't care who Jesus was just because his name was Jesus. It's about what he did, how he lived, how he served, how he laid his life down for the people around him. He said, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. Nobody was doing that. That's what made the difference. So two, you prove that you value others by serving them. That's what the Good Samaritan did. That's why we call him the Good Samaritan. He proved that he valued this person by what he did. He bandaged his wounds, poured oil and wine. This takes time, takes resources. We can't just say that we care about people. I am such a loving person. I just, I just have a heart for people. Do you have time for people? dead silent in here. Because when you, when you think about it, it's like, man, well, I do care. I care about what people have going on, but I'm busy. It's so easy to make that excuse and to fill our time with other things. Jesus is saying that it's just as important to show your love to the people around you as it is to show your love to God himself and to prove that you value others through your actions, through what you're willing to do. And I, I truly believe that that's what has to happen here. Like it has to start here. If it doesn't happen in the church, there's no hope of it happening. Jesus 
wants us to do this and that should be enough because we know that his plan is good. Amen? So man, we have so many opportunities to do this. One of the things um, that we have an opportunity to do here is volunteer and serve, right? There are so many of us in here and just a smaller portion who actually serve. So I'm gonna give you guys all an opportunity to take your phone out, scan that QR code and offer your time. You're already here. There's plenty of things to do. One of, the, one of my favorite teams in here is the Connections team. You wanna know why we call the Connections team the Connections team? Because it's about connecting with people. And it doesn't take a whole lot. You show up, those are the people with the signs that are greeting. Those are the people at the Welcome Center. Those are the people at VIP for our first time guest experience. And I wanna invite all of you guys, all of you, to operate with that mindset that, hey, I'm gonna go out of my way to connect with some people, to offer myself, to get off my donkey. Say, get off my donkey. Get off my donkey. I don't know, I don't know. It came to me, right? But I feel like that's something that I could remember. Ah, in this moment, I need to just get off my donkey and do something for somebody including not just coming here and serve myself by just listening and then saying, well, it would have been good if he preached on this. This is what I'm actually going through. It would have been good if we sang this song. <gasps> oh my gosh. Man, what if you said, you know what? I may have not liked this sermon. However, I'm here to love God and love my neighbor. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm not just gonna come here for a service, I'm gonna come here to serve. Man, what you're gonna see over this next year is more of us talking about outreach opportunities because it's not enough that we just gather here on a Tuesday night. What we do outside of here means way, way more but it has to start here. How are we gonna say, hey, we're gonna go love the whole world and we don't love each other? How are we gonna go offer our services and our time to the homeless, but we won't offer our ear to the person sitting next to us? Man, God is saying, man, love each other. Jesus said when we love each other, that's when the world will actually believe in him. That's what Jesus said. He didn't say when I come down and do a miracle, and lightning flashes, and I show up and be like, I'm Jesus. He's saying it's actually as simple as you guys loving each other. That will shock the world. We have the opportunity to do that. And the last point is that we trust God to fill the gap. Man, in short, this can feel like well, there's a huge gap here. There's me meeting everybody else's needs, and then that's it. The gap here is my needs. What about me? What about my life? What about what I need? Philippians 4, 
19, Paul says, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. This is the toughest part of living a life that's sacrificial is it takes faith that God is gonna be who he said he's gonna be. And God is gonna come through for us even in our lowest points and when we feel lonely and when we feel like we're completely poured out and we're giving everything to everybody else and nobody's doing anything for us, God will meet all of your needs through his glorious riches. He's not lacking anything. He's not lacking the peace you need, the fulfillment that you need. He doesn't need a Valentine's Day to show you his love. Man, at this time of year, so many of us can start feeling a void, feeling a gap because there's this display where everybody's like, oh, look how much I love my person. Look how much my person loves me. Man, what if we just put all that to the side and we really loved each other? Like if that was our top priority, not just putting things on display. And I'm not saying that you can't do things for your significant other for Valentine's Day. That would be bad advice. Don't do that, okay? <laughs> but what I'm saying is we don't have to get wrapped up in what the whole world is doing and then start feeling this void and feeling this loneliness. The reality is God has everything that you need, including people. And if more of us would be who we need, we could actually be who somebody needs, who's feeling loneliness. Man, thinking about other people who are struggling at this time, thinking about other people who are going through things, not just about ourselves and how we can make ourselves look better than everybody and how we can compete and how we can keep up. Man, if we can get out of the rat race and be the church, be the body of Christ, reflect God's heart in the earth by loving people, loving each other, being a brother and sister to one another, that will change the world and will actually help us to live a fulfilled life. Because I'm telling you, when you do what God asks you to do, God will do what you need him to do. When you do what God asks you to do, God will do what you need him to do, and he will meet you in your time of need. So as we're closing out tonight, I just want us to remember that loving the people around us is just as important as loving God. Amen? And we all have the opportunity to be the person that we need and trust that God will fill the gap and fill the void and he will be who we need him to be. If he can't do that, he's not God. And I'm telling you, he is God. And so he can meet your needs, no matter how big they feel, no matter how long it feels like you've had those needs, God can meet your needs. God will meet your needs. And he's not just looking for a transaction like, oh, I'm just waiting on you to do this to meet your needs. It's not that. But God gives us opportunities to grow. God gives us opportunities to do things that we actually need that we don't realize. You will find fulfillment 
and laying your life down for people. You will find fulfillment and value and purpose in serving others. Your purpose is not just about your talent. Man, what are you doing for people? That's a life of purpose. So man, we have one last opportunity tonight to actually put this in to action. And everybody's like, I was just gonna go home and read the notes and decide if I was gonna do this. You want me to put this into action? Yes. We're gonna close tonight with a discussion question so you can actually practice valuing the person next to you. And so we can get in groups of three to five. Do not allow anybody to be alone in this moment and just think, oh, I got my group. I see somebody over there alone. Oh, well, no. This is a time for us to come together and to have a discussion and to be honest with each other. And man, it doesn't have to be the deepest thing in the world. It's just an opportunity for us to actually connect with each other, to share what's going on, a little glimpse of our lives, to make a connection, to maybe make a friend that we didn't have before we came in here or a few friends that we didn't have before we came in here. And so we're gonna get in little groups, three to five, don't let anybody be alone. And we're gonna answer these questions. What is one way that you can start to be who you need? Because man, all through this message, there's been things, examples popping up in your mind and you thinking like, oh man, I could do this. Man, share that with somebody. And then share what is the obstacle that has stood in your way until now. Admit what's been getting in your way of doing that and then pray for each other that you'll be able to break through those things. Amen? Amen. All right, well, I'm gonna pray real quick and then we're gonna break off. God, have your way in these moments. Lord, help us to be fully invested, to be 100% present. Lord, and to value each other above ourselves in these moments, Lord, to practice loving our neighbor as ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit fusionatl.org. You can get plugged into a small group there, and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. Once again, thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.